<laughs> my kids helped me with my tea this morning and they spiked it with some eggnog. Uh, it was what? almond nog. It was almond nog, but almond nog has got a little bit of sugar in it. And I'm just don't usually use sugar in anything. So I took a, sw- a sip of my uh, my spiked tea and I was like, whoa, what is that burst of energy? That's sugar. <laughs> <laughs> it's the excitement in my old life. Welcome to the Mac DevOps YVR podcast. This podcast is about the Mac DevOps YVR conference in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We interview guests and discuss topics around managing Macs using open source software products inspired by DevOps. Our goal is to encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community. For more information, see our website, mdoyvr.com. This is the Mac DevOps podcast. Um, welcome to the Mac DevOps podcast, where Matt and JD try to finish each other's sentences. I am happy to see you, Matt, <laughs> <laughs> and failing miserably. Uh, it's another episode of Make It Up on the Spot: Two Human Adults Struggling to Survive in Today's Log J World, uh, Log Four J, and Log Four J. Yeah, yes. I, I love I you. It's a, it's a side project that I've been working on for the last twenty years <laughs> with no actual support that the entire internet was built upon. Don't worry about Patching. it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all, we always knew that IT sysadmins, SREs, whatever magic words, whatever role you have, there's a lot of us that are in the uh, I guess security, uh, patching, 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 just another dumpster fire after dumpster fire. This is. We should be used to this. We should be used to this. Life is a zero day. <laughs> a little a little stressful scanning, searching, and testing our environments and applications at every moment just to see if we're vulnerable and deciding whether having to decide whether to take, you know, vulnerable systems offline, you know, and disconnect from the internet because it's just not safe. Uh, you you know. should be fine with this. You're testing in production all the time. So I am, right. I am, I am. Have you uh have you gotten any, um, have you sent any emails about uh, Log4j to any vendors or any software or gotten any fun responses back? Or uh, I've, I've received quite a few, but uh, for the most part, everything that I'm doing doesn't generally involve Apache anymore. I moved in Nginx a long time ago for hosting, so. Well, that's, that's the web server, but uh, Apache Log4j is like, are you using Java things? Right. So, are you using, but, but you're Apache, not using Jam- I think. I'm not using Jamf. Yes, no, not that cool. To, I'm not with the cool kids in the Jamf, Jamf crowd. So, yeah, no, it for the most part, it, it hasn't affected any of any of my universes that I that I uh, circle. You're not, not supporting in Minecraft so, environments. Yeah. I, I'm not. So, Minecraft as a service, uh, I think, is your platform. I had to take our server down until the vendors, uh, you know, you know, fix that. But don't don't you want to play Doom? Hmm. Do I want to play Doom that someone else injected into my Minecraft server? It's fine. <laughs> this is fine. Uh, yeah, there was some interesting responses from some vendors who are like, oh, you know, that's not our problem, even though if some application uses that software is on our platform. I'm like, hmm, welcome to the world of using other people's software projects in your product. Mm, now your problem. Yep. <laughs> And now our all our problems. Welcome to our life. Welcome to all our problems. Uh, yeah, having to take decide or you know whether certain platforms should be just you know off the internet or off even lands. You know, just uh, yeah, yeah, we just can't have nice things. You can't be connected. 
We, yeah. Well, in general, we just can't have nice things. And, you know, I, I've seen a few things out there about how this is the reason why we shouldn't trust open source software. But I think in the long run, the fact that this is out here and in the public made it, you know, yes, it took a while for this to, to you know, surface. But now that it's there, you have a much larger community to, to solve it versus... I don't know, some other closed platforms that have security vulnerabilities that are, it, it really is up to them to acknowledge that they exist and that they've been patched or have not been patched or, or what have you, Apple, that, that we deal with on a regular basis. So what are you talking about? Apple has a great relationship with security researchers, you know, like our, our favorite past speaker, uh, Chaba, you know, uh, he just got a couple of CVEs in the latest 12.1 patch. Uh, congrats, congrats. Keep on working in that uh, deep mine of uh, of uh, security exploits. holes. Security <laughs> holes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never hear anybody complaining about Apple's new, awesome, generous security bounties. You know, I mean, yes, I do. <laughs> That's what Twitter's all about. <laughs> <laughs> it is an interesting thing that you know they they say one thing of hey we have these bounties for for security ex- exploits and whatnot, but. It really is still up to them at, at the end of the day to say, we think that was severe and thank you. Here's here's a very small sum of our almost $3 trillion market cap. Yeah, well, when they when they come back and say, you know, no, that's, that doesn't qualify in any, in any of our sort of like very limited categories, you know, that just seems kind of cheap. I mean, literally cheap. And uh, when I heard, saw one response on Twitter where someone's like, if it results in you patching something, then, you know, I should be paid because I looked right. for something. I found something. I proved that the thing existed. And how, how many how many of the patches are, are literally just a line of code or, you know, some something like that that has to be patched that fixes the entire situation. But part of the expertise as a consultant is not necessarily how quickly we're able to solve a problem, but knowing where to look and how to solve that problem. Right. It's that knowledge that experience that you're bringing to and for for apple to sit here and you know one-off judge the value of of the patch that's only benefiting really apple in the long run is kind of kind of nasty and and not nice if i was a trillion dollar company and even if i i would rather personally pay chaba to fix my apple software i will pay chaba i'm happy to pay chaba anything rather than have other third-party companies selling zero days to random countries for randomly not so cool you know things so pay right. chaba and pay all the other awesome security researchers whatever they want because it's way cheaper than getting hacked by zero days like by privately held uh you know security flaws so yeah so yeah. say we all <laughs> so say we all we have solved we have solved these problems how's the conference going matt Oh, conference planning is in full steam. Thanks to our uh, wonderful friend of the pod, friend of the conference, friend for life, Taylor Boyko at uh, Simple MDM. He uh, nudged me and said, hey, Matt, we want to sponsor Mac DevOps. Can you please uh, let us know what we can do? And that was that was that was the that was the friendly nudge. We got all the love for Taylor and Simple MDM. They've just been so kind to us. He's been awesome. I mean, when you reveal awesomely cool, simple MDM with monkey any day of the year, that's awesome. And when you reveal it at Mac DevOps, well, you get props and 
cool swag and gifts. And Taylor, uh, he, uh, you know, told me to doesn't doesn't matter how busy you are, Matt. I want to know. So I have carefully and kindly sent uh, sponsorship info to all the vendors that have inquired to date, and I will send it to everybody else that uh, would like. So if you want on a first come first serve basis, the limited number of sponsorship slots we have because we don't have an unlimited number. We just have uh, a few slots. We don't want to have too many sponsors, just just a few. Uh, if you want those spots, then um, come and ask us. Email us at hello at mdoyvr.com and uh, you know, send us your questions. But we're not done uh, with just that plug for Simple MDM because Taylor, he's super cool. Recently, I was asked about a monkey and Simple MDM integration and how to do it. And I also had some questions about how to uh, get it working. And so I recently made a nice little blog post. I hope it was nice. I was reading through it and I was like, I hope it makes sense to someone. I tried to write down the notes and put in some screenshots and try and help out somebody. It was a it was the uh, Rich Troughton Award of Documentation uh, of Document Today for the U of Tomorrow, wondering what the U of Yesterday was doing. So I tried to write a few notes because there's a, a few little differences in the simple MDM way of doing monkey, just not very much difference, just, you know, a little bit. So there's just a couple of things to note, you know, when you set up an API key and make it all nice and simple MDM secure. So um, I just wrote those things down, very short little post to help out anybody who was using simple MDM and wanted to set up auto package and monkey and do some automations. Thank you, Taylor and everybody. And thank you, Eric and support at simple for helping me clear up a few things. So thank you. Nice. Giving back to the community. Yeah. I mean, I was telling someone I'd set this up and someone in Cascadia chat was like, Hey, I think it was Chris. Da. He was like, Hey Matt, I had questions about that. I'm like, Oh, well, let me just write down a few things for you to help out. Cause when you know, you solve a problem for yourself, sometimes you solve it for a lot of other people too. So, uh, um, yeah, I'm happy to share what little I know, which seems so very little sometimes. You, you know more, you know more than you think. <laughs> yeah, it's always surprising, but I'm happily surprised and happy to share. And I'm always, it's always nice when people email me and go, Hey, I read that blog post or it really helped me. Or, uh, and sometimes they go, Hey, can you help us? I'm like, no, just read the blog post. You got it, man. You got it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> you got it. Like, <laughs> like, uh, that's why I wrote it down. So you, you didn't that's why I wrote it yourself. down. Yeah, exactly. And so that I can figure out what I was doing. Yeah, I mean, Monkey and Auto Package is just awesome. And I'll give another shout out for Elliot Jordan and his uh, recipe robot because I was using it to um, make a few more recipes uh, for some apps. And uh, I wasn't sure if I like messed up a recipe or if I was just messing it up with Git or if it was recipe robot, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd lean towards me doing it. Uh, but I, one of the apps had changed from a dot app to an installer package. And so I had... I, wasn't sure why my recipe wasn't working and I redid it anyway and it was still kind of messed. I don't know if I just get merged it into nonsense, but uh, I reached out to Elliot uh, through the auto package Slack channel and he was just like, oh, let me look at that. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, just, you know, and he helped me clear, clean it up. He just like take out this like bad line in your recipe and he was just super helpful. You know, people don't have to give you their time, but, you know, when you're when you when you put out on the Slack channel that you have a problem and you say what you've been working on and explain the situation and people, if they have time, they will help you. So uh, thank you so much to Elliot and thank you to everybody on the, the Slack, the Mac and Slack and everybody out there in the community helping. So it's appreciated. Yeah. Creating, creating good support requests that, that document what you've, what you've tried resources that you've already found 
you know, those sorts of things really help. It doesn't really matter, you know, what, what your issue is or what software platform it is. Just mm. good, do- good, you know, background on what problem you're trying to solve is yeah. always helpful and, and always yeah. benefits everybody in getting you an answer quickly. So, I mean, there's been talk in the past about how the Mac admin Slack is, is great, but it's not an awesome repository of knowledge because it disappears over time and it's hard to search. And we really need a, like a properly curated documentation set up. And, and if we did it, I would love to see it in Notion because Notion's an awesome documentation as a service. But in, in lieu of that, you can still search through the Slack. And I, even my issue, I was like, oh, it's doing some weird Python thing. Oh, my goodness. And then I searched. I'm like, oh, I see lots of other people had this problem. And, <laughs> you know, I did my best. I read through it and read through it. And I was like, I think I understand what the problem is, but I'm not really sure how to fix it. So I just posted, I think it's this. Seems like other people have had the same problem. Uh, help. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like uh, you know, you, know, you, you got to sacrifice your uh, tech your first tech uh, computer of choice uh, to uh, the uh, Python gods or whatever, your favorite computer. and <laughs> Your favorite computer? Yeah, I don't know. Here, I don't here know. is my Commodore 64. Mm-hmm, Actually, that's mm-hmm. a collector. So in some cases, collector's item. Yeah, so. I still really regret getting rid of my fat Mac. I had like the 512K Mac that had the 400K oh, nice. boot floppy that would boot and had Microsoft Word 1 on it and 400K floppies. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. Do I need that in my life? No, I don't. I'm I'm okay. Are you sure? I'm you okay. sure? I have a I still have a couple of SE30s I think floating around that uh, yeah. I I haven't applied power to in in quite some time. Probably have some leaking capacitors. Mm, but just how quick those things. Yeah, I sound like an old man now, man. It's like right? that computer back in my day. Computers worked. <laughs> We had no internet, of course, and of course, really, life was so much like, better. You had you had dial-up bulletin board systems and, and yeah. things like CompuServe and AOL online. Yeah, now yeah. we're patching Linux and macOS systems uh, all day and all night at all times, yeah. and uh, people are hanging try- them out there on the internet without without a firewall. It's just crazy, craziness, I tell you. Yeah, back That's... in my day. <laughs> so yeah. Mac DevOps 2022 online. And if some miracle of miracles and borders are open and countries still exist, then you're welcome into mine. Because <laughs> it'll be, oh my gosh, Omicron <laughs> is gone, yeah. right? Yeah. Something like that. It'll be the Oh My God conference, the Oh My Zush conference. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> we look forward to getting people together. Uh, I think our favorite awesome video production super crack awesome team is gonna be back felipe will be back and uh, uh for visual recording and um yeah we couldn't have done it without our awesome uh, video production team last year man uh yeah it was so funny felipe with his mac pro tower and it crashed but luckily we actually had a whole live like backup like like live backup system but it was like a hot yeah. backup right it was ready to go yeah. we literally it crashed as we were doing it <laughs> <laughs> did, uh, and I think it did a couple times. It was some kind of software that he was running for routing audio that was crashing on his Mac Pro. And uh, but luckily we had a, a backup system running <clears throat> Windows. Um, but anyway, um, you know, can't win them all. Yeah. Well, and we'll we'll check for hot mics this next time. So. <laughs> but but speaking of old tech, I uh, I've been playing with some uh, Raspberry Pi Zeros, which uh, and they oh. they just recently released the the Raspberry Pi Zero Two, which is even faster. I'm just doing some simple photo frame type things. 
uh, with this project. And, and Apple loves this format called HEIC. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, uh, other things don't like that format because they don't know what the heck it is, including mm-hmm. the Raspberry Pi. It's a highly compressed uh, image format. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I I beat my head against a couple of libraries uh, in and playing in Python as I like to do, and and discovered that that Pillow, which is a a library in Python that deals with uh, image management, of course, and things yeah. like that, you can just open the file as an HEIC and save it out as a JPEG magically. It just wow. does it. You don't need all these other libraries. I'm like, what a, I could mm. have had two days of my life back. But, <laughs> but wow. these are the things we learn. I mean, uh, when you name so, something Pillow, of course, you know, your, your right, thoughts go yes. straight to that library, you know, when you're importing well, stuff. I should have just grabbed my pillow and slept on it a little, I guess. Mm. And I would have maybe, maybe discovered this. So, But the Raspberry Pi Zero, I mean, you want to talk about miniaturization of technology. Uh, it's the equivalent of what would be a Pentium 4, and I don't know what the Mac equivalent of that would be because it's an ARM processor. So I don't know, a G4, G3? G4, G4, G3, yeah. I mean, it's not super fast, but uh, but pretty capable for, for a little tiny, so tiny, tiny computer. So the Raspberry Pi Zero, mm-hmm. it's smaller. It has fewer ports. Like, what does it have on it? Does it have the network port? The the Raspberry Pi Zero, I'm actually using the W, which has the wireless built in. Um, it has a single uh, USB, like micro USB port on it. It has power and it has a micro HDMI on it. And then it has the full set of header pins that you can really geek out. And so, uh, photo frame that I'm putting together, it's basically a micro HDMI cable and I'm reusing old, old monitors. So I actually had to get a micro HDMI to DVI cable mm. and i discovered that these exist thank thank goodness the hdmi standard is built off the dvi standard and then uh just a little little power supply and it will wirelessly tap into my google photos album download the selected album convert any of the heic files to jpeg and then do some random factoring and put out a a slideshow so Nice. And hopefully, hopefully the uh, SD card is big enough to hold all the photos that I'm downloading. <laughs> That's probably the biggest problem there. So nice. Yeah. What have I been doing? I've been looking at monitoring programs <laughs> for monitoring. <laughs> what are you all, monitoring? Uh, lots of servers. Lots and lots and lots of servers. So you know, I've been looking at every kind of monitoring, you know, application and, you know, we got all our favorites, not so favorites, you know, like logging, you know, we got Grafana and got all these like apps that can, what's the word, ingest, intake, you know, take all the logs and all the data, you know, you got your Prometheus, you got your Elk stack and, but, you know, it just, there's, there's, there's those ones that, you know, maybe you can build some metrics and build some tools to analyze, you know, maybe you can take, you know, like central, and ingest all your OS query and all your all your data and then put it into Prometheus and Grafana. That always seems like a little bit of a blocker for some people just in terms of building quick, you know, tests. And then there's <clears throat> some classics. There's like open source. There's like Zabbix I've been looking at. There's PRTG, which seems to be a, a, a sort of well-known one, but just like, and trying to analyze all these different tools for like, what's the quickest way we can get from defining simple tests monitoring alerts 
you know, in a, in a way like, oh, can we check SSL certs? Can we check, you know, disk? Can we check logs? Can we check and then get quick, you know, actionable data very quickly from it? I mean, the log thing is also just interesting in terms of maybe forensics or just a longer term study or analysis. But sometimes you need, you know, just actionable quick data. And how quickly can you set up a SaaS tool or your own, you know, your own server with a tool running, you know, these tests so that you can get data from all your... <laughs> Yeah, all your uh, OS is, uh, you know, yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's, it's sort of an extension of what we've been doing in the IT world, right? Just monitoring servers, but these are more servers and more services on the servers. And it's more granular, but also just many more, many more servers, right? So it's almost a full-time job. Once you've tapped into all the logs, now, now you're, you're uh, playing maestro to, to the symphony of data that is coming, coming your way and, and trying yeah. to corral. You might have a lot of notifications in a lot of different Slack channels, uh, might have some emails or just be all in Slack, or it could be pager alerts, you know, it could be different things. And every server could have, I'm going to pick a random number, it could be dozens, could be hundreds of things going on, you know, there's servers, services in the servers, you know, there's, there's alerts from the hosting providers, if you're hosting it in a data center, there's, <laughs> then there's the, there's the, uh, you know, is Amazon down? Is uh, all these X, Y, Z other platforms down? You know, <laughs> you know, monitoring the monitors and monitoring <laughs> all the, right. the partners because you know you're you might be running some kit on premise, you might be running some kit in some data center or multiple data centers and different providers. But then, yeah, there's there's a lot of things to monitor. JD, uh, I'm. I don't know if it's a big news announcement, but <laughs> there's a lot of things to monitor. <laughs> Amazon doesn't go down. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's always fun when Amazon goes down because then you see what things are, you know. When, when You find when, out all the, the trickle-down economy of, of Amazon Web Services. You're like, we're not affected by that. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Our partner XYZ is affected by that. Oops. You know, it's like somebody, yeah. you know, yeah. is on Amazon. I mean, and then, you know, there's Google Cloud and there's, you know, there's like tons of other companies, you know, Linode, DigitalOcean. There's people host anywhere and everywhere. And I think we talked about it with Shauna too, right? It's like a little bit of the, how can we make it easier for people to be in multi-zone or have some kind of redundancy or um, there's a, there's a, there's a cascading series of effects to services when <laughs> cloud providers go down. In, in the coming years, we're going to see more strategies towards diversification across the platforms. You know, there's, there's been a big push to just kind of hit your, hit your cart to one platform and go with it. And, and I think we're finding that that isn't, isn't the safest or sanest way of, of doing that. Uh, you know, if, if AWS goes down, if you have some of your services on, you know, replicated or backed up or failed over to Google Cloud Platform or whatever the other services are out there, that, that may prove to be a better scenario for you, at least to have some failover. And yeah. this is the same thing we've been talking about with backups, with servers, with everything. You need you need failover. You can't can't uh, trust a single platform anymore. Yeah, there used to be this 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 I thought was kind of a silly uh, slogan we had when I was doing some web stuff a billion years ago. But the the, the concept was called degrade gracefully, and it was kind of like a if this web technology doesn't work or this web thing or this technology wasn't you know being responsive in your browser of choice then 
the the behavior should be that it should degrade, but gracefully that the information should be there. And um, I think that applies for backups. Like if I go to a customer where I've had a tape library and the tape library doesn't work for whatever reason, mechanical at that moment, there should be a backup to the backup. There should be a near line. There should be something else. Like you don't want to say, well, mm, it doesn't work. Like, sorry. No, you want to go, well, this one doesn't work, but this one does. And I think it's become a lot more complicated with our complicated world and with SaaS providers. But if something stops working and it means it's a blocker for somebody in their work, then there should be a way to make it a less of a disastrous moment. <laughs> like, how can you, you know, I mean, sure, if your Amazon, you know, data center's down and your DNS is down and your company's down, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. I mean, but, you know, there's got to be a way to, like, have a stand up of a second backup DNS and a backup host and a backup service. And sure, that sounds more and more expensive the more you talk about it, right? But we have to think about options for our servers and services for our clients, customers, cl you know, everybody. Like, what happens, you know? Well, I think initially the the internet was set up to be decentralized, right? I mean, you had ideally multiple name servers for your DNS. Um, and you weren't pulling things like uh, Facebook and hosting your own DNS and then deleting the entire record off the internet. Uh, for that, you had it in several locations so that it was backed up, so to, so to speak, uh, or available elsewhere if, if that primary server wasn't online. And back in the web 1.0 days, you know, servers weren't necessarily online all the time, right? I mean, they were literally like sitting in the back of some university lab and might get shut off, not accidentally, but because they were like running small air conditioners and, and things like that. So things would go offline. But in, in this capitalistic world, we've moved towards, you know, centralizing everything and, and you know, again, using a, a single provider for all the things. And, and uh, I think we need to rethink that. Yeah, I mean, I saw a post by somebody saying, you know, there's there's a new attack uh, targeting like vCenter, like VMware vCenter, you know, and ESXi and stuff like that. And, and they're like, of course, it's only a matter of time. Everybody uses it in their infrastructure. So what's your disaster backup plan? What's your, you know, everybody <laughs> you need to think about it. <laughs> what's I mean, natural disasters aren't going away as, as we saw in, in the last couple of weeks, too. So, uh, you know, th there hasn't been a lot of talk about the data centers that have been affected that were in these states, uh, in the United States here, that got hit by tornadoes, uh, that got taken offline. Yeah. And, I mean, like, last year we had that data center in, in Europe that, like, they had a full-on fire. It burned yeah. to the ground. What's your backup strategy? Well, I know here in BC, they built a lot of data centers off the coast uh, in the interior, we call it, uh, and they did that uh, strategically to be outside of the fault line because they're supposed to get a, like an earthquake. But in the meantime, we've had cities that have burned to the ground and all the roads washed out with mudslides, which sounds incredible to say, like all the major roads washed out. <laughs> right. So, Vancouver became an island very briefly. <laughs> it's a strange, strange concept, but... <laughs> You know, the natural disasters are another, a very real thing. Um, so, yeah, protect yourself and your data. <laughs> so, as and as your... we wrap up, as we wrap up the year with this final podcast, uh, you know, <laughs> we we don't mean to doom and gloom, but but uh, in the new year, yeah, think about redundancy and and protecting yourself and protecting your data and your your resources and 
and strategize in, in that way. Uh, yeah, here at the Mac DevOps Podcast, we don't offer concrete solutions, but we'll, what we offer you is the chance to gather with other like-minded professionals and um, people stuck with the same jobs of keeping servers and, 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 and everything running. Together, together we can, that's our motto, together we can, together we um, can. either commiserate and cry or come up with awesome plans and uh, make friends with awesome vendors whose job it is to come up with cool products and services that we depend on to do our jobs. So together we can, yes. I need to make stickers right now, JD. <laughs> Perfect. Get on that. <laughs> awesome. And we'll see you all at Mac DevOps uh, YVR 2022 in uh, June 8th to 10th, uh, 2022. Yeah, it's going to have to get used to saying that. 2022. 2022. We'll see you in two, 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 in the year 2222. <laughs> in person. Right. Okay, yeah. In thanks. person. Yeah. Yeah. Happy New Year to you, Matt. Yeah. I don't. I think happy I need holidays to and all that that stuff. To just be careful with all the nog. Yeah, I'm getting spiked, spiked by the sugar. Sugar, <laughs> I'm nog. sugar crash now. I'm like, whoa. The Mac DevOps YVR conference and podcast is looking for sponsors. Support and encourage developers in IT to work together to solve problems for our community by sponsoring Mac DevOps. If you're interested in sponsoring the Mac DevOps YVR conference and podcast, send an email to hello at mdoyvr.com. Thank you to our awesome Mac DevOps sponsors. For the 2021 Mac DevOps Conference, we would like to thank Mac Stadium, our platinum sponsor. We're also grateful for Mac Stadium's sponsorship of our hack night. Thank you, Mac Stadium. Visit them at macstadium.com. Our gold sponsor is FlowSwiss AG with their Mac Bare Metal instance. Thank you, FlowSwiss AG. Visit them at flow.swiss slash mac dash bare dash metal. Thank you to our silver sponsor, Simple MDM. Visit them at simplemdm.com. Thank you to our bronze sponsor, Teradici. Visit them at teradici.com. Our live feed is sponsored by Fleet DM. Visit them at fleetdm.com. And this year, our MDM panel is sponsored by Adagy. Visit them at adagy.com. Please take a moment to visit all of our sponsors. We could not hold Mac DevOps YVR without the support of our sponsors. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today for the Mac DevOps podcast. Thank you to our guests, and thank you to our co-hosts. Today's episode was edited by J.D. Strong. Please like and share this podcast on your favorite podcast service. I mean, between new variants, you know, Omicron, and then this Log4j business, I've been scanning everything with everything. <laughs> Scan the everything with everything. Scan everything. Everything? Everything.